Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 17 through 22. When he came, he announced the good news of peace to you who were far away from God and to those who were near. We both have access to the Father through Christ by the one Spirit. So now you are no longer strangers and aliens. Rather, you are fellow citizens with God's people and you belong to God's household. As God's household, you are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. The whole building is joined together in him and it grows up into a temple that is dedicated to the Lord. Christ is building you into a place where God lives through the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And thanks be to God. Thank you, Katie. Uh, Katie said that if she had brought her Hebrew book for uh, next year, she would have brought that up to get blessed by us. So that's her most challenging subject at Asbury this next year. So we'll be praying for you. And I want to remind you that our communion offerings will go toward uh, scholarship support for Katie. Seminary is a very expensive endeavor, and so I hope you'll, you'll give uh, generously. I want to call out uh, Paige Kennedy. Just, I know I, I, I just got to do this. I'm calling you out. Today's going to be that kind of day, so just get ready. No, um, Paige, thank you so much for working so hard to help us to have a presence in the atrium. Did y'all love that? Was that not awesome walking in? Did you feel welcome this morning? Yeah, absolutely. Paige got the troops together and several folks volunteered uh, to make our atrium a welcoming space. So you, uh, just to remind you that you are loved by God and that you are family, whether you've been here for 400 years or whether this is your first Sunday, and that is very important. I also want to uh, thank uh, Mary and Mackenzie for the sets and the design sets for our theme the next three Sundays. So, so important. We're going to talk about the essentials of what it means to be the household of God. It's the blueprint. Um, and so, so this Sunday, we're talking about the porch. And you're sitting on the porch right now. The porch of the church uh, is, where, is where we are family, is where you may not know everybody really well, but we gather together to remind one another that you are certainly loved by God uh, completely and, uh, and it's, it's very, very important. So I'm going to get back to that. But week two is going to be where? The living room. That's exactly right. And what I love about it is that just like your living room, there's stuff under the sofa, right? So that's, so that's really good. So next week, we're going to talk about what it means to be a part of the living room. It's a little further in the house. The living room may be a little smaller than that big porch or that big great room, and it's where you find a closer set of friends uh, to learn with, a closer set of disciples. Uh, and the living room could be Bible study, it could be Sunday school, uh, it could be Wednesday night. It's where the group gets a little smaller and you know people a little bit better. Now, what do you think week three is going to be? Yes, yeah, the kitchen. Now, look. Kitchen is where you invite your closest of friends, right? This is kitchen talk. This is where 
the group gets down to two, three, or four people. Not that many people, but it, it's still smaller. The kid, it, you know, you have the real conversations in the kitchen, right? And, uh, and so week three is going to be about that. And my hope and my prayer is that we take the blueprint, the foundations of God, very, very seriously. Discipleship, one's salvation, their walk with Christ, the process of salvation, it always includes other people. Whenever I ask somebody, tell me the story about God moving in your life, it doesn't take long for them to start giving me names of people who made them feel welcome on the porch, who taught them in the living room, and other people who helped disciple them they're close, close spiritual friends. They're, they're soulmates. Paige, I only have one critique, okay? Um, and please take this. I just noticed there were a lot of red shirts, and that's fine. That's fine. You ask people to wear red, but Pat wearing his old Miss stuff was over the top. That's all I got to say, right? I don't think, really, I don't think anybody should show their bias. I just, I don't think that's, you know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it was kind of tacky, but that's all right. Somebody, somebody told Pat he needed to cover it up, so that's good. So he covered it up with a sign. Well, let's, uh, I, uh, let me just say thanks for coming. Thanks for coming, and I mean that sincerely. You know, the biggest competitor of the church today is not the flashy big church down the street. What is it? It's a warm bed and the third cup of coffee, right? And you made a decision to be here, to show up on God's porch to receive and to give hospitality. And that is already an act of faith. It's a Christian practice. So let's get started and let's talk about the porch. Let's, uh, let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for making us the household, your household. Lord, we were once strangers and there was a time when not one person knew another person in this room. And yet here we are. You've given us friends and resources a beautiful building. Help us to never take it for granted. In your holy name we pray. Amen. You're a household. Why are we here? And what should we be doing? And what about this place called the porch in the household of God? Paul says that we show up together that together we are part of the body of Christ, doesn't mean we're all the same. doesn't mean we all think the same. It doesn't mean we all have the same opinions. In fact, Paul said, your diversity and your differences, that's what makes you unique and wonderful. Because why else would you be here with other people who are different than you? Paul says we fit together like a body like an eye and an ear and an arm, we gather together. Now, in this passage uh, to uh, Ephesians, um, Ephesians is a, is a general area. This letter of Ephesians was sent to all kinds of churches. It was sort of a general epistle um, right around the area of, of Turkey. And Ephesus was a seaport. You better believe that there were lots of different kinds of people congregating and living in this growing seaport. About six years ago, I got to walk down the streets of Ephesus. And Paul says, you who were far off. Now, who is that? Who do you think that is? Who's he talking to? 
Y'all, he's talking to Gentiles. Paul was Jewish. He was of one religion. And he said, you who don't even know what religion is, you people who would never be invited into the temple, you who were once far off are what? You are made near in Christ Jesus. So come on in. More than that, Paul says, you are members of the household of God. Your family, your brothers, and you are sisters. Come on in the house. Come on in the house. Paul was obnoxiously inclusive. He didn't care where you came from. He just said, come on in. God's grace is for you. And that's what he did. Paul had a big porch. So, Daniel, show him some of these uh, pictures of porches. Wouldn't you love to be? Look at there. I like that one right there. I wish I was there right now. No, no, I don't. No, after church, I would go there. Uh, when I talk about porch, I mean, what comes to your mind? I'll tell you what comes to my mind. I, I didn't grow up on any porches as nice as these, but it's my grandmother and grandfather's porch on Storm Avenue in Brookhaven. It was really a side carport. There were all these folding chairs. wasn't all that fancy. There were 1940s golf clubs in one corner. There was a grill in another, and Big Daddy always put his key, hid the key in the grill, right? Two trash cans. But right there on Storm Avenue, that's where, that's where we gathered together, pulled up some chairs. We, uh, we, sometimes we ate raw oysters. Sometimes we cooked out. And invariably, it was just open enough where people in the road would come by and say hi. And I remember Nanny and Big Daddy always, hey, come on in. Are you hungry? And they would come in, and it was almost like there was a point at which on that magical, on that porch, something very magical was happening. Nanny and Big Daddy were expanding the family and making everybody feel like they were part of the family. Now, Nanny, she never told me this. She never told me this. But later on, when I read Genesis 1.27, we are all, male and female, created in the image of whom? God. You and I. Nanny was showing me and teaching me on the side porch at Storm Avenue that when we see the face of the other, we see the face of God. You who came in, I don't care how tired or sleepy you were. I don't care you know, if you were in a bad mood or a good mood. But when our greeters saw you, they were looking into the eyes of God. And that is so, so radical. You see, Christian hospitality is about way more than being nice. Although it helps to be nice, I can tell you that. Christian hospitality is about seeing the face of God in the other. If you look on the um, slide here, you're going to see, Paul says, you are no longer strangers or sojourners because those are the kind of people who were showing up in Ephesus when the church was very young. You are no longer xenos, X-E-N-O-S. That's kind of where we get xenophobia. That's the fear of the other, right? But Paul says, you're, you're no longer that. You are no longer strangers you are no longer peroikos, which is a sojourner. Sojourners were folks who kind of had their 
had their paperwork uh, uh, right and, and they paid some extra taxes to be there and to live there. Paul says, no, no, you're no longer sojourners. You're no longer strangers. You are brothers and sisters. We can never let our church become more exclusive than God. Full stop. We are a welcoming people. It's not about being nice. It is about being radically to the root Christian. This practice of hospitality happens on the porch. It happens right where we are now. The porch is vital. Look, today we're about to come to the table, but nobody gets to the table without going through the porch. Now, in the Gospels and in the, in the Old and New Testaments, the porch or hospitality is all over the place, but it's embedded in Scripture. It's rarely explained. It, you only see it, and sometimes we, we forget it. Jesus walking in the crowds, a bunch of people walking along, his disciples there, and he stops and he says, Who touched me? We're like, Jesus, we don't know who touched you. There's, look around, there's a lot of people. No, power came out of me. Who touched me? And then a very sick woman who'd been sick for 12 years raised her hand. And Jesus looked at her as a beloved child of God, not an object, not a what, but a who. That's hospitality. One day Jesus was teaching his disciples, and there he was, right there sitting on the couch, and Kids started to hang on him and sit on his lap and, and hang off his shoulder. And, 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 and the disciples thought, no, these kids, get, get out of here. We're doing real business. And what did Jesus say? He said, let the children come to me. Children were among the least important people in first century Palestine. Why? Because they couldn't work. They were costly. Most of them didn't survive uh, anyway. And so it was like, they were almost like, they weren't the cute, cuddly things that we, you know, we've made them out to be, right? But Jesus says, you let the children come to me. Jesus even said, you can't inherit the kingdom unless you have faith like a child. Jesus was going through a place called Samaria and ran into a woman at the well at midday, someone, a woman whom he had very little in, uh, uh, relate, uh, very little in common with whom she had, he had very little in common. I'll get it out. So she's there at the well. She's at Jacob's well. And Jesus begins to speak to her like a real person. And he listens to her and he shares with her. And she becomes the very first evangelist in the gospel of John. She goes back to her uh, town and says, Come meet the man who told me my whole story. That's the porch. That's hospitality. You can go back in the Old Testament, Ruth and Boaz. Remember, Ruth was in a foreign country. Uh, she was actually, actually Naomi was an Israelite. She goes to a, a, another country because of a famine. And um, her sons marry the local women there, Moabites. And one of them is Ruth. And all the husbands die. And they're all without protection, and Ruth is not even in her home country. What does she do? She goes back to her country and tells her, three, or her two daughter-in-laws, y'all stay here. I can't provide children for you. You know you need that. And Ruth said, let your God be my God, your people my people. I'm going with you, and I'm not taking no for an answer. 
And there is this beautiful love story in which Ruth catches the eye of Boaz as she is gleaning in the fields. And Boaz creates this great big porch for Ruth. Sarah and Abraham. You remember that? They're in their house. They're minding their own business, trying to have kids, trying to plan a family. And all of a sudden, three strangers show up. And they, they, they give Sarah this amazing uh, thing that's going to happen soon. And, and uh, they, um, Sarah doesn't believe it, so she starts laughing. And, oh, I heard you, you know, did you laugh, Sarah? I heard somebody laugh. And, oh, no, I didn't laugh and all that. But later on in the New Testament, in Hebrews, it says that they were entertaining angels and didn't even know it. Behold, when I see your face, when we have a great porch moment together, I have seen the face of God. Jesus' porch was so big and so wide that it scared the people around him. His life was spent making people feel at home on his porch that extended everywhere he went. You know, sometimes in our pursuit of religion, sometimes in our pursuit to grow, we begin to lose focus of other people. We begin to lose the fact that other people are struggling and hurting and need God's love as, as, as badly as we do. We get so far in the house that we forget about what's happening on the porch. And we accidentally, almost imperceptibly, we become an exclusive club. We become exclusive. This is a great quote by Diana Butler Bass. I think you'll like it, and I think it's so true. Hospitality is the practice that keeps the church from becoming a club, a members-only society. We are not a club. We are not a members-only society. We are always, no matter how far inside the house we get, waiting at the door for the next person, for the next person. This practice has been going on since Genesis, since Genesis. Since Sarah and Abram. Now, here's a couple of things. Here's a couple of things that I want you to remember. Because what I want us to do today is to recapture the joy of hospitality, to recapture that porch, to build our porch up for one another. One is this remember that every person you meet today has problems, lots of them. Raise your hands if you don't have problems. Anybody don't have problems? Look at the person next to you and say, God loves you, but you got problems. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got problems. Hey, I've heard people say, I've heard uh, one, uh, I think it was a psychiatrist that said, we all have more pathologies than we can work out in a lifetime. We're all a mess. And somebody today, and they may be sitting next to you, is hanging by thread. See, before we can get to the Bible study and before we can get to the kitchen, what we need to do is to see the sacredness in the other person. To know that the next person that you lock eyes with is made in the image of God and they are looking for a little encouragement. The people who smile the most, the people who tell the most jokes, they're probably in the most need. And our job is to get under that armor and to let them know that they are children of God and that there is hope. That is the good news. Remember that. Second thing, 
Remember that hospitality is an intentional holy practice. I'm not asking you to try harder to be nice to other people. I'm asking you and inviting you to connect to the God of hospitality, to Jesus Christ who ushered in the kingdom of you're invited. I'm asking you to tap into that power and allow God to prompt you for the next intentional act of hospitality. I want you to do that not just here, although this is a great place to do it every Sunday. I need you to do it because you're all part of the welcoming committee right now. I just, I just christened you as the welcoming committee. But you know, the porch extends way beyond the atrium. You know that? Jesus extended that porch so far, so deep, and so wide that even when they were trying to put him to death and they succeeded in that, with his arms wide open, he extended and pushed that porch even further when he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. And even in the face of when you're discouraged, even when maybe you feel like you're you're taking on enemy fire. Maybe you feel like people are being anti-hospitable to you. That is your very opening to extend that porch, to build it up. And you will be surprised at how powerful that is, especially when you're under stress, that you are able to tap into God's power, the power of the cross that made this big porch possible. And you will be surprised. The third thing is, is be self-aware of what message you're sending to others. Now, raise your hand if you're an extrovert. All right. So, you know, we can talk, we can have a conversation with a wall, right? I mean, it's no big deal. We can have a, so like on Sunday morning, I can, man, I can, I, I can walk up to anybody and I love it. I love having conversations I guess I probably need to be aware of that, right? And not talk too, too much, but to also to listen. For God gave me two ears and one mouth. And if you ever just been really listened to, you know, that, that is an amazing practice of hospitality, to listen. Now, raise your hand if you're an introvert. Do you find it natural to walk up to somebody and start a conversation? No, that's okay. So here's what you may want to do. This is a great, this is a great, not only at church, but it's, it's anywhere. Just acknowledge another person's existence, right? That's all really sometimes we need to do to make an impact on other people. It means that everywhere I go, there's a 10-foot circle around me. And when you walk into that 10-foot circle, I'm going to acknowledge you. I'm going to nod, I'm going to talk, I'm going to say, maybe I'll ask your name, my name if I'm real daring, a daring introvert, uh, taking a risk. But I'm going to acknowledge you. I mean, you know, that's what Arnold Palmer did so well, right? That's what he taught all these professional golfers. When, they, when he died last year, Arnold Palmer, could, he could get on the first tee, and when they, you know, when they, you know on the tee uh, from Florida, Arnold Palmer, and everybody started clapping, you know. They said that when he looked out in the crowd, that it was like everybody thought he was looking at them. He told a pro that if you ever give out somebody's, uh, your autograph to somebody, you make it to where they can read it. And you spend some time with them. And I love that because I think that's kind of part of the ancient spiritual practice of building up this porch. 
Sharing hospitality is sharing the gospel. If you see someone and remember that they are a child of God and you respond to God's promptings, whatever you do will make a difference for the kingdom and for that person. John Wesley talked about our very salvation. He talked about our first few steps as being on the porch. Provenient grace. Grace that comes before. And y'all, that's what we're about in this blueprint of the household of God. That's why 825 when you're here, just making a difference in one other person's life, you, you have no idea. And maybe somebody does that for you and you get impacted by it. For all have been created in the image of God. So that's our challenge. Because if we can get them at the porch and love them there, then maybe we can love them all the way to the table. All the way to the table. I want to share one last thing before we prepare for uh, communion, and that is a two-minute clip that I think sums it up. Listen to this gentleman.
remember, every person you meet today is facing an overwhelming challenge. Remember, hospitality, your hospitality, in the only way, the, the way that you only know how to do it, is an intentional, holy practice that is vital. Remember that every day you are sending a message to other people, whether you know it or not. Y'all, I love being in the business of God turning strangers into friends and God turning friends into family. We got a great porch at Parkway Heights, but we got to keep making it bigger. So we're going to need some volunteers. Are you in? Amen? Amen. David, come forward. Confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Forgive us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people... On earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, and gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. When our servers come forward.
Amen. Amen. Just a public service announcement. Um, we need to rearrange this porch. Uh, and so we're getting it ready for our uh, senior vacation Bible school tomorrow. So if you're in good health and you can stack a few chairs, we'd love for you to stick around. You can see Julie or Wes. Julie's right over here. And it won't take but about five minutes. So for those of you who are able, that would be great if you could stay. Receive this benediction. Receive this benediction. Somebody is going to walk on your porch this week. And it's going to be God. But it's going to be disguised as somebody. Will you be ready? May God give you the eyes to see, the arms to hug. May God give you an ear to listen to when that person shows up on your porch. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Go in peace. All right. Yeah, thank you.